So, I have to admit that was the stupidest way to get to a main event championship match for your biggest pay-per-view of the year. That was a terrible follow-up. And I think, I, I will say this to people who are my fan base for this podcast, growing podcast. You guys, I, I've, I just, just, I've, I've listened to very few podcasts, as you guys know. And I know that so many people who have bigger fan bases than me, which is fine, mine is growing. They get hit all the time with, "Oh, you're so pro AEW." Pro, I don't usually, I don't actually get that. I don't think I've. I'm sure I get it now, but I, I don't get that from you guys. I usually get the, "Well, you're kind of too neutral." Well, and honestly, let me tell you how I got the name of this show. I see things a little differently. Just in case you did not know, I truly believe that we all have a different point of view. And sometimes I think we're afraid to share it because it just, it's just going to bring problems. Let me tell you a true story. Um, I've worked with Vince Russo before when I was doing a commentary for Rocky Mountain Pro, where Abaddon came from. But I was there before Abaddon, and by the time Abaddon got there, I was gone. Um, my experience with him was just like people say on documentaries. Which, you know, sometimes people say stuff on documentaries, and it's like WWE produced documentaries, or even in general, but... Mainly WWE because like they let you say what they want you to say, right? The narrative has to fit has to fit with them. And I can tell you right now, working with Vince Russo, this, that could be a whole other podcast. But my quick thought, my point in this is, he is kind of like how people say it. he tries to find a character for literally everybody. He just sees something, says do 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 character, right? Anyways, so just hearing his perspective. He really believes the stuff he says. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. And I remember just the, the last iteration of the podcast, I burned myself out from doing way too much. It was all over the place. I've said that before. But I remember getting to the end of that podcast and feeling so refreshed when I didn't have to watch three hours of Raw. And then watching the bits and pieces of Raw that I wanted to watch. I was like, wow, that's that feels a lot better. That makes me feel a lot better. If I want to listen to a promo, mute. Unmute it. Wow. The power of just doing what the fuck you want to do. So, this will be an unpopular opinion. I get what they are going for. They're going for the whole Rocky thing. and It was just whack. But it started at the beginning of the night when Mox left an open contract in the ring. You saw Ace still grab. I was like, this is whack. This is just whack it's just corny. I just didn't like it. Especially since I love what they... I, I'm pretty sure I'm in the minority. I'm in the fucking minority of people who love what they did last week with the three-minute squash match. I loved it. And... I hated the follow-up. I'm like, damn. Now, I will say this. This actually... And there's no indication of this at all. But actually, I take it back. The first part of Punk's promo, this gives me indication that he is turning fucking heel. Because I have a feeling that he's going to do everything he can. I could, see, I could see Moxley kicking out two or three GTSs. And it's going to remind me of when Punk was trying to cash in on Jeff Hardy. And Hardy kicked out of the first GTS. And then he pinned him with the, after the second one. But after the first one, when Hardy kicked out, you seen Punk's face. He was like, what the fuck is this? And so I'm just like, okay, cool. But I was going to wait till Friday to do these predictions, you know, right, right to the final moment. Because I just was like, I don't know who's going to win and blah, blah, blah. And 
yakety smackety and um i said wow this is just honestly i will say this this is a huge blemish for me on tony khan's booking especially if punk doesn't go heel if punk just wins his clean which i just don't see him doing it i just don't and honestly this is the first step it's denial on my part because i'm so unimpressed with what they did tonight so fucking unimpressed and this was a night that i dude the last two weeks i probably i can say this for no doubt the last two weeks have been the most anticipated dynamites for me ever i say that knowing because you remember punk didn't debut on dynamite he debuted on rampage so for me just saying okay i'm hyped for this shit right i was highly underwhelmed unfortunately so i said fuck it because i had this great idea this week i reached out to another wrestling podcaster and i said let's do it let's let's do an interview let's do like let's just talk pro fucking wrestling right and i told this story kind of on it and this is why you have the prediction show mixed with this interview which is why it's a real which is why it's a numbered show because because as you guys know normally predictions are just a show i just thought there's an extra but no um i said a quick side note here i think i said this in the podcast too with him essentially what happened was a couple years ago i met kevin nash at kyle Springs comic-con and i'll tell the full story here because this is going to be an hour, over an hour because me and, me and him went just under an hour so this is going to be probably hour and a half hour 40 but essentially what happened was if you go down my instagram i am the slow chemical i am slow chemical Instagram, um, I don't post many pictures of myself for people. And I remember I was I was super excited to go to Kyle Ross Prince Comic Con, not because of Nash. I only went because Kevin Eastman was there, which is one half of the legendary group that put together Team and T, Teams Mutant Turtles. And I was super hyped to go. I saw I, I just so happened to see that Booker T was gonna be there, Nash was gonna be there. And I, I didn't get Booker T's autograph at that particular time because I didn't have anything that I really wanted him to sign. I ended up getting him at this year's WrestleCon. But I had this Jack's Pacific 2-pack. It was the first action figures I purchased offline from ringsidecollectibles.com. And I, I remember, um, I completely forgot about ringside collectibles because I started ordering from them a long, long time ago. I remember ordering a Chris Benoit and uh, Chris Jericho 2 set I no longer have. I think that got lost in Katrina. Um... But I've had this two-pack forever, never opened it. It just was such a badass piece. I, that, that's why, This is before I really could tell. I've always been a collector, but this is before I was really collecting mint-to-inbox stuff, right? And I remember vividly, like, just saying to myself, man, this is... I remember times I wanted to open it. I was like, this, it was such a cool piece. It's just an outsider's piece. They're in the red and black. The NWO World Heavyweight Championship is spray-painted. It was just badass, dude. And I was just like, man, I've always been tempted by this. Never did. And so I just brought that, had him sign it, whatever. Anyway, so I posted on Instagram. And all of a sudden, this guy pops up in my suggestions. Cause he, and all of a sudden, he goes by Henny Wrestling. Excuse me, Henry Wrestling on Instagram. I would see him. And he's posting pictures of him with Kenny Omega, the Briscoes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I said, man, this dude's into indie wrestling hard. So I started thing about reaching out to people just to talk about pro wrestling is I feel this is a huge week in wrestling. Um, he was the first person that came to my mind. And so I looked up his, I looked up his profile and then I ended up hitting, hitting his link tree. And I seen that he does a podcast. I was like, oh, 
let me just reach out to this guy, you know? So I reached out to him and um, said, hey, man, you want to do a podcast this week anytime? Because I feel like this is a super, super huge week in wrestling. This is the first Triple H-led pay-per-view. I still don't think we're going to get a Triple H regime until officially after WrestleMania next year. That's when we know his roster, who he wants, et cetera, et cetera, right? But I feel like this is his first pay-per-view where he's not necessarily... Well, even then, the Reigns-Drew McIntyre thing was already kind of set in stone from the Vince era. So this is like he's still dealing with remnants of the Vince era, which is fine, right? And he has a huge decision this weekend. Do you end the two-year reign of Roman Reigns, right? So I said, let's just reach out. So I reached out to him. He was down to do it, so we, so we did it. And I learned a lot about this guy, as you guys go. Just some background for the new people who come in and listen to the show. I don't usually write down questions, interview questions. Like when I had Tanil Dashwood in, you know, uh, humble swag right there, humble, humble brag right there. Um, like that was one of the things we were talking about as we were like working on her coming on the show. She said, well, what, what are you planning on asking? I was like, honestly, nothing personal, you know, but this is how I usually do my interviews. Like I just don't write things down. I, I start basic and, and that's softball questions, right? And then it's just like, oh, let's just go into the where, wherever it leads us. And at first, she wasn't even comfortable. I don't know if I ever told the story on, on air. But um, I don't, at first, she wasn't comfortable. Like, we went back and forth on emails for maybe... We, we did an interview on a Sunday. I remember that in the middle of a day. I want to say... I think we were talking the day before and via email and then phone for about five to six hours. Not straight but just back and forth that's why we finally got on the phone and um that was her concern i said uh, look you don't have to do it dude i'm just letting you know i'm interested and my families would love to have you on and so it was just one of those things so anyways um so just getting to learn learn about this guy man and his love for baseball and all this stuff and i'm gonna save that because look here that's going to be at the end of this, right? But I, I, I was going to wait for predictions. I couldn't wait. I was so just... Uh, it's, I'm actually quite annoyed at how they did this. And I got it. I understand it. I get the, the parallels. Because this has been a week of parallels. We had the Riddle-Rollins uh, face-off that was Cormier and uh, jones S, which was dope as fuck. That hit it for me. This, this did not do it for me whatsoever. So, uh, anyways, um, let's get to the predictions. We're going to predict three different shows this week. As WWE did everything they could to make Worlds Collide seem special. They brought back all of NXT talent. Rhea Ripley uh, confronted uh, Blair uh, Davenport. We had Shayna Baszler uh, t- uh, approaching Mandy Rose. We had uh, Rhea, uh, that was weird, uh, we had uh, Ricochet. Joining the fray, we had Nikki and Dewdrop joining the fray. We had so many cameos. Gunther, Pete Dunn. Here's the thing. This was clue. This is clearly a shot at AEW. But here's the thing. They know. Let's even know if you have Peacock, you're still you're, you're paying to watch it. They still know NXT World's No one like. I'm still gonna try to watch a few of these matches, but no one's going to. No hardcore fan. Is going to not watch AEW. So I gotta watch Worlds Collide, especially since you can watch AEW in the theater and you don't have to spend fifty fucking bucks. Like I'm saying right now, like when I saw when when I realized that 
it's, yeah, it's select theaters, but when they say select theaters, like even in the areas that I'm in, which is pretty limited, there's still a thing, I think up to seven theaters I can go to within the 15, 20 minute drive. And there's one that's a nine minute drive from me. I can pay 10 bucks and get all all of the five to six hours of action. No one's going to do that. They, he knows that. But it is a shot, for sure. Um, so they did everything they could. Like, Camarillo Hayes not being on the card. All of a sudden, you have him versus Ricochet. The problem with Worlds Collide is all the matches, in my opinion, are pretty... The ones you want to care about are pretty open and shut cases. Like, you know who's going to win those matches, right? Just because how they're, they're pushing it. And also, this is kind of the end. Not kind of. This is the end of NXT UK, which... And this is going to sound completely disrespectful, but I don't mean it that way. You would think it's the end of an era, but I don't know what that means. I've always seen NXT UK. And this is disrespectful, but this is how I've always seen it. It's like a football player or a baseball player. They show up once a year. They might catch a, a hit a home run during a clutch part of the season or snag an interception or whatever. And then the rest of the season, like, well, where are they at? Didn't they just get this big contract? They are known for some great matches. Think about this. Tyler Bate is the only two-time NXT UK champion. I didn't even realize this until last week after I recorded the show. When he made his debut on NXT proper, as far as, like, not debut. Oh, well, technically on NXT proper 2.0, I didn't even know they hadn't even aired the finals of the tournament. that he's. So the people who were, like, steadily watching to say who's going to be the new champion... They got the biggest spoiler alert possible when he showed up on live television with the NXT UK Championship. I didn't realize that. That that blew my mind. But they're here now. They had to be here now. And so you look at the first match between him and Pete Dunne for that belt. It was all right. It was the finals of the tournament. Tyler Bate won. The match that put them on the mat was in Chicago where Pete Dunne won. And then Pete Dunne had that, at the time, it was the longest running in NXT UK history. Then he ran into Gunther, Walter. And then Walter, by far, had the longest run. Part of that, you could say, is due to um, COVID. But part of it was they weren't planning on taking that belt from him for a while. And then he lost it to Ilyanov Dragunov, who didn't get a full run with it. So, to me, those are the matches they're going to be remembered for. I I enjoy Satomura's work. I went out of my way to watch a lot of her matches in NXT UK. Did you? I doubt it. And you know why? That has nothing to do with the talent. It's everything to do with how WWE booked uh, how WWE pre- presented it. It was never a thought. They made a thought when it was going to be a rematch between Dragunov and Walter at NXT. Then it was like, oh, let's go back and have Shawn Michaels and whoever watch the match. Because the first match was a classic. No one knew about it, though. It was... What I'm mean, gonna use triple a uh, triple H line. It was like a pipe bomb in a forest. No one knew it actually hit. So that's not on the talent. It has everything to do with them. So to me, that's why it can't be a big deal. So let's say if I want to take a nap on Sunday, right? Hypothetically, I will. And now if I miss it, sure, I'll just go back and watch it on Peacock. But I'm like not gonna be pressed to sit here and be like, "Well, I gotta watch this over eight. No one's gonna, no one's gonna say that. That's not a normal person. If you're a WWE fan, stand, whatever the proper term is, you're going to sit there and be like, I refuse out of protest to watch this AEW stuff. That's that's just crazy people talking. I don't have time for crazy people. 
But no, but he knows. But they did they did do their best to try to make this card special. You know, look, look at these matches. You have Ricochet versus Carmelo Hayes for the North American Championship, with Ricochet being a former North American champion. You have Braun Breaker and Tyler Bay uniting, uniting, unifying. These this company has a hard on for unifications. For these people, for you guys who hate interim championships in AEW, hate the unifications WWE has. They have a hard on for those. They're the opposite. They want to unify every fucking thing. Then you have Sedamore. Bates, Rose, unifying the UK championship and the woman in the NXT championship. And for those of you wondering why Bates is in this match, it's because she's technically the number one contender for Sam Moore's UK championship. I'm assuming she's in this match because she was probably going to take that belt from Sam Moore. I'm assuming that, personally. And honestly, even though I think they weren't supposed to get called up, Toxic Attraction, I can't imagine... Well, one Manny Rose is never going to win this match anyway. I'm I'm assuming uh, I'll get to my my uh, predictions in a second. I'll tell you why. And then this tag team match out of nowhere, you have Chance and Carr defending their, their tag team championships against Dewdrop and Nikki ASA. Just like where did this come from? This this is no one asked for this shit. So that's still I get it. People are excited because like, oh they're gonna fuck with Aida. No, they're not. They're gonna they're only touching themselves. <laughs> They they're only getting themselves off here. That's it. Then you have the unification of the UK tag team and the NXT tag team championship, the Creed brothers, Jensen and Briggs, pretty deadly and Gallus. So to me, just to do this, obviously Hayes is winning. This is it's predictable. Ricochet's there to take the loss. Braun Breaker is going to unify both belts. He's the one being pushed heavily right now. In my opinion, Bates is only in this match because she, in my opinion, was supposed to beat Sadamore for that UK championship. And so they're going to put the belt on her here. And I'm assuming Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction, once Gigi Dolan's concussion's cleared, is they're going to the main roster. Chance and Carter are not losing those tag team championships to Dewdrop and fucking Nikki A.S.H. Let's not even go there. And I'm going to assume Pretty Deadly are going to unify the tag team championships. I kind of went through, the, through those tongue-in-cheek, but it's only because it's so predictable to me that I didn't even think about much of this. Honestly, seriously. Um, but the other two pay-per-views are different. The other two pay-per-views have been obviously built up. Um, we won't, we won't even have the, the other uh, last official match for All Out until Friday, but the, the winner is, especially what they've done on this show tonight, the winner is, without a doubt, not in, uh, <laughs> the outcome is not in, in doubt, in my opinion. But we're going to get to that last. Let's get to Clash of the Castle, because this is when, these are hard right here. These two pay-per-views are harder. And the one thing I'm going to love about Clash of the Castles, which I say in the, in the, in the interview coming, which you guys are going to hear in a second, this was a 1 p.m. start time. I'm going to see this at 11 a.m. I'm going to be sitting there enjoying this at 11 a.m. And just a programming note, we're going to do two parts to this Monday show. So because it's so early in the day, I'm going to end up recording part one of the podcast, which will be the, which will be, excuse me, Clash of the Castle. That night, you guys will, I will it will drop that night, and so that'll be part one of the Monday show. Part two of the Monday show will actually drop on Labor Day Monday, and that will be essentially this the AEW part, which will be all out fallout. Um, so just so you guys know, 
But let's get to these predictions, and then we'll get to the interview with me and Henny Wrestling. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre for the Undisputed Universal Championship. Russell Volt said that this is the first time in a long time that Reigns has been creatively, hey, let's, he needs to drop this belt, or we're thinking about it. I don't see how you do anything else here. I don't see how you take one belt off of him. I've I've been saying this for months now. This is going to be an anticlimactic win for Drew McIntyre. He will get a loud pop in the UK. That's his home country. This will be very anticlimactic. I don't know how they get one belt off Roman Reigns. They, from what I could tell in the spoilers of this Thursday, they did nothing to say that there's only one title on the line. Um, but what I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what the finish is going to be. This is me just trying to help WWE out of way. I see it being a double pin. But all four shoulders are down. Two for both men, obviously. And once all four shoulders are down, that's when on Monday we have them saying it's a tie. And they split the championships that way. No way is going to be a good way to split these championships for the fucking record. I think that's the best way to get off this. I think we end in a tie. Personally. I think I can see them with the visual of Drew McIntyre having both belts. And then I can see them on Monday saying, hey, well, here's what happened. And Reigns has a, has a gripe. And that's when they give him the Universal Championship. And they give Drew McIntyre the WWE Championship. It's a win still, but I don't know. That It's either that or Drew just outright wins, which I've been saying for months, Drew's going to outright win. But if they're thinking about just taking one title off, which I think that's the, the smartest way, that's the way you do it. But otherwise, I'm picking Drew for the win, but I think that's the way they can get one of the belts off of Reigns and on a Monday Night Raw. Liv Morgan defends the Women's Championship SmackDown versus Shayna Baszler. I'm going to live to get the upset victory here. And this is just going to drive Shayna Baszler and Ronda Rousey closer and just chasing her until they finally beat her into submission. I, I, I see Liv getting the win here. We have Walter defending the Intercontinental Championship against Sheamus. 30 years ago, we saw a classic Intercontinental Championship match. I think we see another one. These two are going to beat the living hell out of each other. And it's going to be glorious to watch. But Walter retains that Intercontinental Championship. Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, Asuka versus Damage Control, fresh off their surprising loss in the finals of the Tag Team Championship Tournament to Raquel Gonzalez and Aaliyah. Um, I'm going to go with Damage Control. And I'm going to go with Bailey pinning Belair to set her up for a Women's Championship match. Um, To me personally... It was a shocker, and we, we're going to get into more of that on the Clash of the Castle review. I'm going to talk about raw notes and stuff like that. Um, what we can talk about right here, I guess. So, essentially, here's my thing. It was surprising. I know people are upset, but you got to remember, Raquel was one of Triple H's people as well. R- Triple H pushed her to the moon when he was still in charge of NXT. She was a tag team champion with Dakota Kai. She was the women's champion. I think she has a ways to go as a babyface. I think she's more of a natural heel. But doesn't mean she can't grow into that role. Um, but I was I was shocked, but I wasn't mad. Look here, dude. 
I, my, my first thought was actually Aaliyah got a championship in the main roster, on the main roster, excuse me, before Sky or fucking Dakota Kai. But I think that's going to be rectified. I can see it being a thing where they see her as a star, they see her as a face, let her be, let her do her thing. It should come back around. Riddle versus Rollins, this was made personal and this was great. Like I said, they did a Cormier-Jones-esque interview when uh, they when uh, Jones and Cormier thought that ESPN wasn't uh, filming anymore and they were still talking. Those two genuinely hate each other. This came off great. I loved every second of it. And because only because Seth Rollins has taken big loss after a big loss, he needs this win more than, than Matt Riddle does. And so I'm going to go with Rollins to get the win, as Matt Riddle has gotten his first name back, as well as Austin Theory. And finally, you have Edge and Rey Mysterio tag teaming for the first time in years for more WWE Tag Team Champions versus the Judgment Day. I'm going to go with the Judgment Day getting the win here. Don't know why. Shouldn't think it, because why would I think that? But you know what? New perspective. That's what I'm going with. All right. Let's get to All Out now. As we know, the main event is set. John Moxley, the first ever two-time AEW champion, defends his championship in a rematch in Chicago against CM Punk. Punk will get the win. He will become the second two-time AEW World Heavyweight Champion by nefarious means. I'm going with Punk to turn heel here, and he just couldn't put Moxley away. I'm going to go with Punk doing what he has to do to win that championship back. In his hometown, in the main event. Amazing how in his one-year anniversary, he will main event the biggest pay-per-view that they have. Moxley will have main evented two of the four as the World Heavyweight Champion. Looking forward to this match. We have Lionheart, Chris Jericho versus Brian Danielson. I'm going to go with Jericho get the win here. I, Daniel Garcia is clearly turning, like showing his loyalty. Air quotes, no air quotes. I'm doing air quotes. Uh, to to JAS and I see Jericho getting the win here. This is not announced, but it's clear. Tonight we saw Evil Uno and uh, Alex Reynolds get beat up by Andrade and stunned, and they're trying to pay them off. They got beat up, and so Dark Order needed a, a third. And I was wondering, would we see, after the year Hangman had, would we see him miss two all-out pay-per-views in a row? The answer is no. Hangman came in, got a huge ovation. He said, hey, I'll be your partner if you need me. They said, we need you. He is set. It's going to be Dark Order and Hangman Page versus Orange Cassie and the best friends this Friday, live on Rampage. Dark Order, I'm going with them getting the win here. And I'm going with... Us seeing in the finals, which is already set, the Elite versus Hangman in the Dark Order in the finals. The story never ends. <laughs> this story is just great. Last time we saw Omega and Paige in the ring, Paige won the championship. Obviously, the Elite this time, these trios titles were made for them. Um, so I'm going to go with the Elite winning and being the, being the first trios champions. House of Black. Versus Sting, Darby Allen, and Miro. It's official here. Because I feel like this is going to lead off, branch off into a Miro and uh, Malachi Black feud. I'm going with the baby faces here. I'm going with Sting, Darby, and Miro to get the win. Athena 
challenges for the TBS Championship against Jay Cargill. This was obviously said to be Chris Statlander. That won't be a thing since she got hurt. I got to go with Jay retaining. I just don't think Athena is hot enough to take that championship off of her. I don't know who is now. I think if they were kept, I think because Ruby is now in this feud with Ty, with Ty I, I, I for sure thought as of last year, Ruby would be want to take it from her. But I think that they, I think that they heat both these these women out in order to beat Jade. Whoever beats her, it's gonna be a fucking big deal. And so I, I just don't think I think it's the one. That's just me though. And I'm going with Jade. Swerve in our glory versus the Acclaim. The Acclaim's not their first tag team championship match, but their first at a big pay per view. This is a chance for them to show out. They're over. Let's see what they can do. I don't think it's. I think it's too early for the acclaimed. I can see it being later this year. But Swerve and Our Glory just won those belts what two months ago. Their time is not up yet. They will retain these tag team championships. In an interim fatal four way match, we have Britt Baker, DMD, former women's champion, Hakira Shida, former women's champion, Tony Storm, and Jamie Hayter, who took a nasty her and Corona around her head. Um, the winner. Is the interim champion until Thunder Rosa can come back? I'm going with Tony Storm to still get the win, get her first world championship since her NXT UK run, where she beat Rhea Ripley for that championship. Jungle Boy versus Christian Cage. This one's tough because I I don't think this feud's a one-off. I just don't. But can you have Jungle Boy lose his first big singles match? You know what? I think I'm going to go. No, I'm going to go with Christian Cage. This, does, this doesn't feel like a one-off. It just doesn't. And I'm going Cage. I guess my better judgment. I really want to pick Jungle Boy. But... Cage is claiming he's hurt, and I just see him showing off that that veteran savvy to get one over on Jungle Boy. Go on, Christian Cage. Trio's match, the third one of the night. The final one of the night, too. It will be Warlow, FTR, the pinnacle, versus Jay Lethal and Moyer City Machine Guns. I'm going with the baby faces here, the pinnacle to win. I know that's not their name, but it's their name to me. Casino ladder match. When I saw the names for this, I said, I'm picking whoever the wild card is. It's always a blank person there. Like, first of all, look, listen to these names. You have Phoenix in there. Ray Phoenix, Pinta, Andrade, Roosh, Cesaro, Wheeler Yuta, Dante Martin, and a mystery person. First of all, I don't see Dante Martin getting a future AEW championship match yet. Yuta Wheeler has the ROH Pure Championship, which he's defending next week against Daniel Garcia. Cesaro is the ROH World Heavyweight Champion. Roosh, Andrade, I just don't see it. Penta and Phoenix. First of all, I guarantee you Penta, Phoenix, Dante, and uh, probably Cesaro said, you know what? Let's make a deal to kill each other. Let's just do that. They all said, that sounds good to me. That's all the match when you know. And they just walked the fuck away. I'm going to whoever the mystery person is. doesn't matter who the fuck it is. It could be fucking, I don't know, let's just say... Uh, Leo Rush. Just throwing his name out there. I don't, I don't give a shit who it is. I'm picking them because these other people in this match are just going to try to kill each other and not actually try to fucking win this battle. This this, this, this ladder match. 
with Ricky Starks versus Powerhouse Hobbs. Since I went with Christian Cage to get the win over Jungle Boy, I'm going with Ricky Starks to get the win over Hobbs here. On the pre-show, we have Hook defending the FTW Championship. I have Hook retaining. We have Kip Sabian making his return to face the North Atlantic or All-Atlantic Champion. Excuse me. Pac. I'm going with Pac to retain. And then we have Ishii versus Eddie Kingston. I'm going to go with Eddie Kingston to get the win here. And that is your all-out card. That is a lot of fucking matches um, it's going to be five hours. We know this already. Buckle up. It's going to be a great weekend of wrestling, no matter what you're a fan of. So, um, now that we've done the predictions, let's just head right to this interview with Henny Wrestling, Henry Wrestling. Um, like I said, I learned a lot about this guy in, 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 the, in the under a little bit under an hour we did. Um, please check out his stuff. The, all descriptions for his social media will be in the description um, thank you for listening, and I will talk to you guys on Saturday night after Clash at the Castle. Anytime we around, it go down, we major. Anytime we around, it go down. Down and down and down again. Oh. I got so high left my frown in the wind. Oh. Hard I tried, never try it again. Cause these niggas is lying again. Oh. Oh. I'm a black lion, I roll like a tire. Girl in my dreams, I don't sleep, I don't find her. Oh, if they sleep and they need a reminder, this is for niggas who think we minor. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. And actually, it's, it's going to be kind of a mix. So we're doing like a special episode because I was mixing this in with the predictions and I just had this random idea. Uh, and it's funny because and um, he has no idea because I said I just told we just we just hit the air button but it was like two or three years ago if anyone goes up my, and down my Instagram you can find it I don't have any pictures of myself on Instagram and I posted this picture of Kevin Nash and me from Colorado Springs Comic Con and ever since then this guy has popped up my suggestions every time I've seen him at he he has pictures with everyone from freaking Kenny Omega to the briscoes to he's just a professional wrestling fan so the other day i randomly said man let me let me reach out to some wrestling fans i, I would like to have more people who have podcasts on the show to get their opinion especially since the current landscape of wrestling has changed so much it's been a huge year a huge summer and we still have four months to go so i decided to reach out to this guy know nothing about him <laughs> so we're gonna learn everything together um I know that his name on Instagram is Henry Wrestling, so we're going to bring him on right now. How are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Hope all is well with you. All is well with me, man. All is well with me. So first, let's get into, we're going to get into your plugs and stuff like that as well as we get into the show, but how did you get into professional wrestling? All right, so I have been a huge wrestling fan since I was a kid, so I grew up in the Attitude Era. So you can say in the era of the Monday Night Wars, the WCWs, the the, the WWF at that time, the ECWs. I grew up in that generation. Um, I I don't know what happened. I just got hooked. Mm. I guess because like at that time, a lot of people loved wrestling, right. like tuning into wrestling, like almost every Monday nights. So I got hooked. I got hooked on it. And everyone had their stage. I honestly thought I had my stage of like loving wrestling and then just forget about it. Mm-hmm. But it just came it just came back to me 
it just came back to me. So it was like I I I just enjoyed wrestling in general. Um, it was hard for me to like show to the world like, hey, um, this is Henry or Henny. Like I got that nickname from a friend of mine, and I just and I just took off with that nickname. I just ran with that nickname ever since. Um, it was hard for me to say, hey, um, this is Henry. Um, I, I'm a person who loves God. I'm a person who loves wrestling because, like I said, everyone had their, like, stage when it comes to, like, um, watching wrestling, like, religiously right. speaking. So um, I just had a – it was just a passion that I had. It's just a passion that, that I had that I didn't know that I had, but it was something that it was hitting in me. But now we've seen it coming into fruition and – it's been fun. I ain't going to hold you. Like, has been rough? Yeah, because, you know, you know, I'm now, in the, now and I'm, I'm an adult. I'm an adult. I have responsibilities. But it's been fun at the same time. Like, I'm not going to hold you. Like, these last three years has been a blessing from, from the Lord. Like, I'm not going to hold you. But the passion for wrestling, like, it was always been there for me no matter what. All right. So when you say it's been a blessing, let's dig deeper into that real quick. Do you mean, like... Did you ever get out of it, and then then you mean like the last three years you got back into it like heavy, or you mean you just it's just always been there and it been a blessing for you since if you think about it wrestling was the only thing that kept going during the pandemic everything else stopped and wrestling kept going. Well, I stopped watching wrestling in I'll say oh six. Okay. Um. First, for many reasons. One, um, I just didn't like. Not the direction. I just felt like it was like the same old thing, mm. like seeing the same wrestlers over and over and over. I didn't, I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. And also during that time, I was focusing on like, like play to like trying to make it to the to try to play major league baseball. Okay. Now I am nowhere near the talent that that you see like with the New York Yankees, with the Boston Red Sox, with um. With um, I'm sorry. With Toronto Blue Jays, all these major league te- all these major all these major league players that you see in the stadium, that the skill and ability is my skill and ability is nowhere near these guys. So that was there, and then I picked it up in '09 because I had like a um, there's so um someone watched wrestling, and then I got back I got back to it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so. In, at the time, for, for those of you guys who don't know, just to give a landscape, a, p- a picture of 06, it was only, it was WWE and TNA would kind of come up at that point because towards the end of, or the middle of 2006, Kurt Angle became their biggest acquisition. So uh, TNA had not yet made the hits that they would make that, I, think, I believe that would come in 2007. But if you didn't, if you'd actually look for TNA, that's where, as he said, when he's come up in the Attitude Era, dude, you could look for wrestling everywhere. Like, if you want to stay up at 3 in the morning, I, I, he's from New York, you could tell, if you can't tell by his accent. But I remember living in Maryland at the time. If you wanted to stay up at 2 in the morning, they had ECW on syndication during the Attitude Era, if you, which you, I probably did. I was a heathen. So if you wanted to watch uh, WWE, obviously you know where to, to go for those. So that's very interesting to me. So what happened with your baseball? Um, did you get hurt or did you just kind of just fall out of love with it how that what happened with that all right so i started late okay you know how you know how a lot of you know how a lot of um people a lot of kids they start in an early age i started late 
Okay. And I had a disadvantage because I had to learn the fundamentals. I had to learn the skills and things of that nature. I got inspired by a player named Sammy Sosa. Okay. He didn't start playing baseball until he was 14. And he got signed, I think, when he was 16 or 17 years old. So I got inspired from, from that. And also, I, I, wanted, I wanted to give it a try to see what's going on. Um, looking back at it now, um, I, wish, I wish I didn't <laughs> step on the field because um, I created an unhealthy relationship with the sport of baseball. Mm. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's a beautiful sport. It's a beautiful sport. You see these guys, how they play, how they swing the bat, how they throw. Like, now these days, like, you got guys that could pitch and hit. Like, you got guys now throwing 100, 103. Like, it's, like, like it's, like it's a normal thing. You right. Know? But, um... It was just, it was, it was just like a hard process. Um, I'm, I was really hard on myself at the same time too, because I always, I always was like wanted perfection. Mm. And but I knew that if I, but looking back at it, um, uh, learning the fundamentals and stuff like that, it was hard. And also, as I got older, the competition got a lot difficult. Yeah. So that, um, that actually like declined that actually declined like my chances to like actually like get signed and things of that nature. Um, have I knew about consistency and, and work ethic? I think the furthest I would have made it was, um, I'll say division three college baseball. Interesting. Other than that, I think I will not make it further because of the fact that I started late and New York is also like difficult to get signed like you gotta have like a crazy connection right for for you to get signed and i also believe it wasn't meant for me to like honestly you know play in a play in a professional baseball field because I, I do believe that if i was meant to play in a professional baseball field i would be over there right now playing and right. not actually talking to you but it's okay it's okay um i realize that there's other there's other options there's other things and you know i'm happy where i'm happy where i'm at but i just built an unhealthy relationship with baseball and i wish i would i wish i never built that unhealthy relationship with baseball because i think that would have been playing like playing like for fun instead of like trying to make it i see i get that i get i get what you're saying and that makes and that makes complete sense that's the only reason i asked that question because like wow that makes I, I didn't see that coming um so Getting back to wrestling for a second. So you got out of it in 2006, got back into, to, to, in 2009. So when you start going to these shows, what what year was it you actually start going to the shows yourself? Like g- getting off the couch, saying, I'm going to buy a ticket to go and enjoy wrestling. When was that? All right. So this started in 2017. Me and my, me and my, one of me and my closest friends, we went to a WWE live event. Um, this was like a, this was during SummerSlam season. Mm-hmm. So we went to the WWE live event in Madison Square Garden. Then 2018, I went to take over Brooklyn Four and, uh, and a WWE live event during WrestleMania, um, season. And then 2019, that's when I started to pick up. I'll say like, like from the summer to like, 
the fall, I started to pick up. I went to um, I went to Takeover Twenty Five in Connecticut, and then September. Um, I don't know if you remember Evolve. Yeah. Yeah, I started to go there September, November. Um, I start I started to go. To, I went to a AEW pay per view full gear when they when AEW like got going. I went over there with a friend with a couple of friends of mine, and then. My last show was um, House of Glory um, in 2019. But actually, my last show was really um, evolved in 20 um, in 2020 before all this pandemic hit. Okay, all right. So let's go backwards. When you okay. obviously, there's so many reasons to get hooked on the Attitude Era. The Attitude Era has become kind of like this mythical, magical place for people just to remind you how hot wrestling was um obviously you got into it for because of what what it was at the time what kept you into it though like as far as like as far as like wrestling them at like what wrestlers kept you into it was it was it the big names was it like hogan and and the nwo was it austin and dx or was it some unsung heroes like for me personally like if i was always a wwe guy right however right. i was split because I hated the mid card of WWE during the Attitude Era, so I was actually split to where from the eight to nine o'clock hour I watched WCW because I loved the Benoits, the Booker T's, the Jerichos, the DDPs. Right. But nine o'clock to ten o'clock, I hated how WCW treated the fans because I always felt like they were always. Re- I felt like here's the best analogy I, I, I used. I used it. I never. I don't think I ever used it in a podcast, but I know I used it before in real life. Well, this is real life, I guess. <laughs> but I remember I said. I said, WCW is like when you're, you're you're asking someone, hey, let's meet at this time, and they're always running late. And it's like, dude, I just talked to you at nine. You said you were ready. How are you still late, right? <laughs> WCW right. always got their main event started at nine fifty nine and wanted you to watch the commercials because they were always trying to promote some TNT thing. And I'm like, I don't want to watch a rerun of Jaws or whatever you got going to watch wrestling for two minutes and then not even get a payoff. You know, I always felt like they were always trying to bait me into watching something else. And at the time, I was a kid. So, like, I had school the next day. So, I so a lot of times, I'm sacrificing sleep to get oh, yeah. absolutely nothing. So, <laughs> the only time the only time I watched WCW, and then I'm going to get your answer. The only time I ever watched WCW over WWE was the 100th episode of WCW. I'll never forget it. I remember watching it because I was, at the time, I was a huge Lex Luger fan. And Luger was the hottest thing in WCW as a babyface. And it was just time. And that was probably the one of the few times that I could think of that WCW gave you the main event in full and you got a winner. And I remember Luger beating the entire NWO by himself to win the world championship. He had it for like six days or whatever it was. But I remember being a big moment for WCW. But that was the only time because WCW just couldn't, they couldn't fulfill me in that way of actually ending a story properly or at least leaving me on the hook properly. What was, what were those moments like for you? Because as you know, like, and this comes like an old head here, but we are really spoiled now as far as wrestling goes where we get to watch it and we don't have to channel click anymore. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so what, what kept you into it? Who were the people that kept you into it in the Attitude Era? Um... Honestly, um, what honestly started for me was um, before the Attitude Era was I remember a match 
Austin versus Michaels, and Tyson was the special was like the special enforcer. Mania fourteen. Um, Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson was popular at that time. So honestly, like attitude, like honestly, growing up, like it didn't matter for me. Like it didn't matter. I just wanted to watch wrestling. Mm. Like for some doggone reason, I just wanted to watch wrestling. Like it didn't, it didn't matter to me. But honestly, like in the Attitude Era, I would say Austin. Like Austin okay. was the guy. I I just I, for some reason he was the guy in the Attitude Era. When that glass shatter hits, the pops are the pops are crazy. Right. And he and he and he was basically the babyface for a very long time in the Attitude Era. So Austin was the guy for me at that time. Okay, no, that's that's, that's a fair point. I think Austin. I mean, no one could ever doubt how hot Austin was. He was honestly too hot for his own good and for wrestling. Um, <laughs> it's so, and and, and as a matter of fact, I'll give you a funny story about Mike Tyson if you want to hear that. Yeah, go ahead. So, so I'm at WrestleMania 28 weekend with a couple friends of mine at a time, and we're sitting on Miami Beach. And I remember, I'll never forget this. I remember we're sitting down just on Miami Beach, just on the strip. And all of a sudden, you see this guy, black guy, short, walks up. What's up, guys? And that keeps walking past us. And I remember my friend John was like, is that Mike Tyson? I was like, he's not normal. Who do you think he is? Just walking the block like he's normal. <laughs> and he just like looked at us and said hi so casually. So John was, John, we, I, don't, I haven't talked to him in many, many years. But he used to be a big picture guy. He needed the picture, et cetera, et cetera. So he gets up and he runs to whatever into whatever store uh, this, that Mike Tyson's in, and he waits. He's like waiting like at the door, and so he comes up. Mike Tyson comes up, he's like, "What's up, man?" So they can take a picture, and I like, "Yeah, cool." And like everyone else is so scared, you know, not, not, not an our table, but tables over because it was it was so random. But to me, at that point in time, I had been to at that point in time, I went to that WrestleMania twenty seven, and. Just how you how it was so normal for that because when I was at WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta, I didn't see any of this stuff. And in fairness, I used to live in Atlanta, so I kind of didn't really deal with the festivities like I should probably wanted to. But like we we're just trying to like live and do, do all things, and just having people like Mike Tyson casually walk around. I remember I, I was like, dude, I remember I've never forgot. I said, so I said, dude, you, you know, you're just like you're by yourself. He's like, yeah, I love this. <laughs> just walked away and it was the funniest thing so i was like okay i guess you know i mean i was gonna mess with him anyway but i guess the point was just how normalized um people during wrestlemania weekend is like they're they're all week so it's kind of like all right cool I'm, I'm i have to walk to the store get a band-aid or whatever it was he was getting anyway that's just a funny story but uh, uh, let's get back to let's get to this time so now you start going to shows in 2017 and everything and now the landscape is starting to change in wrestling in 2017. It's nowhere like the, nothing will ever be like the Attitude Era. I always take the Attitude Era as something to where it's all to itself, right? The same thing as the the Hogan Era was to itself. So like you you can't ever catch capture that magic. But in 2017 something happens. 2017 2018 uh, something happens. A tweet goes out to Dave Meltzer. And a tweet says, hey, can any company sell out a venue that's not WWE? And Dave Meltzer says, no company at this time. Cody Rhodes at the time chimes in and says, I'll take that bet. Give me the Young Bucks six months. We could put 
this many people and this. I, I don't remember the exact tweet, but that's what essentially what Cody Rhodes said. And it didn't take six months. It took like a year or something. But then we have the inception of All Out. With ROH Resources, Cody Rhodes, the Bucks, Omega, they put together this pay-per-view that was very historic, where they sold out the Sears Center in Chicago. The landscape at the time, um, I don't think I realized it. I knew it was important for the business, but also knew that Cody Rhodes was better. So he was definitely making um, yes. a, a point. But I felt like I didn't... I, me, me personally, I didn't feel like the landscape had changed until in the same week as Jericho challenging Omega for Wrestle Kingdom, Jericho's on Monday Night Raw having a battle... I mean, having a promo with Ezekiel. Or, or, or yeah, Ezekiel. And I'm like, holy crap, this is different. WWE, like Jericho's always done what he wanted to do since 2008, but he's now on New Japan and WWE the same week. We know he's going to be at wrestling Kenny Omega. Something is different here. So I, 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 I still didn't put anything together. And then finally we have the inception of AEW, which Tony Khan has said the match that, that caused him to say we can do, I can have a promotion is Jericho Omega. What were your first thoughts when you knew this new promotion was coming? Were you excited? Were you one of those? Because we know, let's be honest, we know, let's just be real, wrestling has a very toxic fan base. Like, it's you, if you're an AEW fan or Stan, whatever the words are, and you hate WWE, it's one of those things. Like, just so you know, I love all wrestling. My history is I've been into wrestling since uh, um, my grandfather got me into it in early in the 80s. And I don't remember all of it because I was still barely born. But I just love wrestling, and what actually got me into all wrestling wasn't the night, wasn't the Monday Night Wars. It was uh, a friend of mine passing me a tape in the mid '90s. I was like 11 years old, probably if that. And I remember seeing New Japan, and I was like, "What is this? Like, why am I watching this? Because this, but this looks so different." And it was something that the other three companies weren't providing. But what were your thoughts when you knew or heard? All right, something's happening here. The new promotion's coming in. Coming in. Were you excited? Were you kind of like, eh, I'm good? Like, how you feel? Um, I was actually excited because of the fact is that now we have, now we finally have another alternative wrestling. Right. Impact was still there, but the thing is that not everyone has the channel that all that <laughs> right. Impact was rocking with. But now that we have AEW, now it's like, okay, now we have an alternative. Now we have something that we could watch. Right. And my hopes, looking back, was the same fans that was like, the same people that was like watching Attitude Era and they got tired. I was hoping like they, like not majority of them, but some of them would come back mm-hmm. and watch, uh, and watch a and watch AEW and and. And we could just be like, hey, um, you guys that complain that wrestling is dead, like, ta-da, like, this is what we got. But um, I was very excited at that time. Um, At that time, for me, it was NXT Mm. and the Indies. Now that AEW was there, it's like, now it was NXT, um, Indies, and um, AEW. But I was very excited at that time. Um, I was really hoping that it would it would ex- not excel, but like take it a day at a time mm-hmm. because of the fact that um, it is brand new. Everyone, everyone, not everyone knows what it's like to be a booker. Not everyone know how. Not everyone knows what it's like to run a wrestling business. So that time it was like, 
all right, this is going to be exciting, but, it, like, these people got to take it a day at a time because it's, like, it's one thing to become a wrestler and there's another thing to become a booker. So that's how mm-hmm. I looked at it at that time. No, that's, that's, no, that's very true. So the landscape changed. So we get this AEW. And I think personally, from me personally, I think AEW has done well. Um, it's going to be bumps. It's going to be ups and downs. You have to, to me, the thing I've learned with anything is you have to want to get to know whatever they're presenting, right? You have to want to get to know it. And forever, whatever flaws it may have to a certain fan, other fans may love it, right? Like, to me personally, I think they do a little bit too much bleeding. Like, I think bleeding, yeah. I think, oh my God. yeah, I think bleeding should be special. But also at the same time, me saying that, I realize that John Moxley Every match he's been in this summer, if you think about it, every match he's been in yeah. since Forbidden he, Door. A, go ahead. I'm no, I was gonna say he's overdoing it with the blood. Like, bro, yeah. that was the case. Just go to GCW. <laughs> Jeez, every match he's bleeding. Like, bro, like, are you a wrestler? Are you a death match? Are you a death match wrestler? He's, Which one of them two? He's both. <laughs> that's, and to me, that's the thing, though. Like, the reason why I personally give John Moxley a pass, even though I could, I agree with you. Like every match this guy has been in this summer, in any promotion, has been a championship match. So with for him, I could see him saying, "This is who I want to be." This way, Brian Danielson has made it known a big reason he left WWE was to bleed, which is bizarre to me. But it's 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 I get it. It's it's a, it's something he wants to do because he's going to end his career in WWE, in my opinion. But I do agree with you. I do think sometimes they overdo it too much, and I think. If Mox is going to do in all of his matches, which I can say, he, technically last week he didn't do it, even though the match was three minutes. Yeah. But, but if he's going to do it, then I think it should be something where it's like, all right, no one else should be doing that rest of the night. You know, that's just me. You know, that's the pickiness in me sometimes. But anyways, the so landscape has changed once again. And we're getting to the summer of 2022, which is probably the most historical summer in professional wrestling history. Vince has a scandal going on. Triple H, Stephanie, who were essentially kicked out of power within the last 12 months, are now back in power. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the wrestling landscape right now? Lord have mercy. <laughs> I, I'm going to be honest with you. I cannot believe it took an allegation for the man who made wrestling cool mm. to step down um this su- the summer the wrestling of this summer has been ridiculous like we were like there was so many things there was so many expectations we were expecting cody Rose to have the craziest run of his career in mm-hmm. wwe we were expecting punk to have a crazy title run with aew we we're expecting so many things during the summer but what we did not see coming was Vince McMahon, quote unquote, retiring. Mm-hmm. But we all know why he why he decided to retire. Right. And for Triple H to take over as head of creative, I'm not gonna lie to you. So many of us have been like saying, like, "Yo, Triple H should take over. Triple H should take over. Triple H should take over." And now that this man is in his is in the place that we wanted him to be for a very long time, 
if you were to tell me that come 2022, during the summer, Triple H was going to take over, I would say I do not believe you guys at all. Because right. it is ridiculous. No, and I think a lot of people are with you, especially after, after what happened last summer, where um, I, I I look back now, a year now, when it was first, it was never really announced. It was kind of just in the rumor mill, and I can tell you right now, after I actually rewatched a couple of those NXT shows where Samoa Joe got back to the NXT, and he's about to fight Karrion Cross and everything, I watched them, a couple of them, the other, the other day, and I said... This felt like a show that was ending. It just felt like it, right? And I didn't know at the time. I don't think anyone knew at the time. Obviously, we didn't know how bad Triple H's health was until he actually spoke yeah. about it. But it felt like the end. And I didn't know what to think about it at the time. Um, no matter what. And I, and I said this the last two, three weeks. Probably last month, actually. Monday Night Raw is still a hard watch. It's hard for me to sit down every week and watch a three-hour show. I don't oh, care. How, I don't care how much I like the show. You can give me three hours of Breaking Bad. It's still three hours. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's Absolutely. a it's a hard watch no matter what. Um, it has become more bearable just because I'm not seeing the same things. Like for for goodness sake, AJ Styles and Bobby Lashley have been in the same company for like four years now. The first time they've ever touched was just three weeks ago, which is bananas yeah. to me. Like I'm not saying you can't do that because. I use the analogy of Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. They've only touched eight times in their career, and they were in the same company for years, which is amazing restraint. But I think those two had such big names that you could always put them in different programs, and no one would ever think about those two, but when you brought them together, it was like that. To me, I'm not saying that Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles are on the same level, that's all subjective. I just feel like the way they've been used, it's like, well... You had AJ Styles with Omos for two years. So, like, you could you could legitimately thought some other things. Anyways, so, no, I do agree with you. I think a lot of people have seen this as a second coming. I still do think this is the honeymoon phase. And there are some things creatively that Triple H wants to do. Like, we saw that just last night as this recording. We have new Raw, or well, new technically women tag team champions, which people are not happy about. They really wanted damage control, EO Sky and Dakota Kai to win, and you get a win from Malia and Raquel Gonzalez. To me, that wasn't surprising because Raquel was one of Triple H's people in WWE. Like he wants he sees big things in her. Now, did I predict that EO Sky and and Dakota Kai? I did I definitely did, just because I thought in storyline made sense. But to Triple H, this is what he sees. Like we're gonna see a lot more of Karrion Cross. We're gonna see like these are people he's if if and let's be real. If Adam Cole was still a free agent, Samoa Joe was still a free agent, you would see a lot of them as well because they were definitely yes. Triple H guys. We won't, yes. which is I'm here's my thing. I'm still happy we we have them just wrestling right, but we know this is a, a new vision. So now that you say that, a lot of people have seen that. But you, where where is your takeaway? What is your grade for the last month? of Triple H's reign of creative. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought like we was going to see something here and there, but this man, oh boy. But listen, if, if we, look, if this man doesn't, if, if these fans become a fickle, 
bro, <laughs> we're be, we're become, we honestly, bro, we're just a full-blown hypocrites, and we don't know what the hell we want. Right. This man gave me hope for the WWE. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care about the casual fans because they they have their phase. <laughs> right, like, right, right. This man made me want to watch WWE again. This man made me want to watch Monday Night Raw, although it's three hours, but it made me want to watch Monday Night Raw. This man made me want to watch Friday Night SmackDown. Yeah, you have Roman Reigns, you have your people, but this man is making wrestlers important again. Mm. Like, look at Ricochet. Like, I was disappointed that Ricochet re-signed with WWE. Not, but I always say, at the end of the day, these wrestlers, they make their decisions. We cannot make decisions for them. If they want to stay in WWE because of the money, listen, go ahead. I don't agree with it because the way they're they're using him. But hey, he he got he got a he got a life just like we do. Right. And I think a lot of us should like stop and realize like they got mortgage rent bills and things in their lives they know that in the indies they may not get it but they know with wwe they are very secure so some of us need to like relax and just know that at the end of the day they're humans and if you want to make that decision for them like yo cover their bills cover their mortgage cover their rent cover their food until then we have no say we would like to we would like for them to leave and go other promotions but if this is the move for them for their future then we need to respect that back to ricochet we're finally seeing ricochet being used a lot we see him having feuds with with um with corbin like this man should have to me should have been a title away to be to become grand slam champion in in the w in the um in the WWE. Um, this man is making wrestlers important. Like, you see Cross. Cross. Like, this man was... This man was invincible in NXT. And then to make him look like a jobber in his very first Monday Night Raw match against Jeff Hardy, respectfully, that, that looks bad. And then him getting called up, and you're just repackaging him which he didn't need to be repackaged because everything he had was just picture perfect and you just screw it up so for triple h to like take over and bring back people that supposed to make an impact in the main roster listen i'm all for it it's just bringing me back hope and i'm looking forward to the pay-per-view coming this saturday like like I'm, I've never been so excited for WWE ever. Um, ever. I'll say since NXT Black and Gold era. But boy, I'm so excited about WWE and what Triple H vision is for this company. It's crazy right now. So first of all, we have to find you an undisclosed amount for being logical on this show. We refuse logic on this show. Okay. Okay. So that that that's <laughs> fine. Number one, just so you know, you, you, they're gonna get on you for that. Um, but but no, it's it's um, it, it's a, lot, a lot of people do have hope, and you know what? That's 
I think it's all people want sometimes. Even if they don't want to be a, a hopium addict, they want the hope, you know? Yeah. And so there's nothing wrong with that, you know? And personally, like I said, they are always going to be the top dog because of the resources they have. Um, yeah. how, however, they it does seem like, for the moment, they have... They are putting pieces in place. I'm actually excited to see because I think technically, no, I don't think technically, this Saturday is the first Triple H pay all Triple H pay per view. SummerSlam, he was putting together pieces from Vince McMahon storylines. He's let's, let's not be foolish here. This is still a Vince storyline for everything he got going on right now. Yeah, but this will this should wrap that up. But this will be the first pay per view where he's fully in control. And he has a, he has a, and speaking of this Saturday, since you brought it up, he has a very tough decision. He has a very it's probably the toughest decision he's going to make this entire year, in my in my opinion. I want to get your opinion before we go. We have a few more questions though. What should he do with the Roman Reigns reign right now? Should he put the tiles on Drew McIntyre? Should he should he should he find a way at the beginning of the pay per view? To say, hey, only one title's on the line. For me, and I've gone on record of saying this before you answer the question. I've gone on record of saying this on this rec on this podcast. For me, I know the end game for one of those titles is Drew McIntyre. I know this, right? However, it's anticlim it will be anticlimactic for me to see this two year reign, which has been something we have not seen in a very long time from a full time performer. Because uh, even though technically Reigns has become a part-time performer since some, since WrestleMania, but he's he started this thing as a full-time performer. Um, mm-hmm. We've not seen anything like it, and to have Drew McIntyre be the one to take both belts, it feels anticlimactic. I also think it kind of I don't know I don't, I don't know how to put this without insulting Drew, which I don't want to do. But for me, it's anticlimactic because but one of those belts, unless you're going to do a straight Lex Luger '92 SummerSlam on Drew McIntyre and have him lose in his hometown or home country or whatever, it's going to be weird. But what do you think he, what do you think they should do with the reign of, with the reign of Roman Reigns? Should he lose both belts this Saturday or should the reign continue at the expense of Drew McIntyre? All right. I'm going to try not to be so logic as possible. (laughs) We appreciate that here on that show. Give him a high five. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So, honestly, if, honestly, my humble opinion, if Roman is going to go part-time, he needs to drop those belts. I am sorry. I know this man has been untouchable. He has done an amazing job. But let's be real. A lot of us don't like part-time champions. It's, uh, I believe... It makes sense for Drew in his hometown because you because we got to remember too he didn't get he, he he didn't get his WrestleMania moment because of the pandemic. I think this I think this Saturday for me I think Roman will in my opinion I think Roman will lose those titles and it's not gonna it's not gonna hinder him neither because every time his music hits. People, people go crazy. I don't think this will hinder anything to um, Roman. I think this is a perfect time. I think this is this is kind of it's kind of in the middle. But I think it makes sense for me that Drew wins 
the undisputed universal title in his home country or just win the WWE title because Raw doesn't have a champion and Roman only shows only shows on SmackDown. So he either wins the WWE title or he just wins both titles and vacate the WWE title to Monday Night Raw. So here's my only thing. And I said this before. I've always hated ever since the brand split. Here's one thing I've loved and hated about WWE. Ever since the brand split in 2002, I loved the brand split when they were able to stick to it because I always felt like we got to see people as world heavyweight champions that we would have never seen. Now, we've also seen Correct. the opposite of that as well. We've seen, for every CM Punk, we've seen we've seen a Jinder Mahal. And I, and I don't mean that as disrespect, but Jinder Mahal being in the same lineage as some people is very interesting to me, right? They were trying something, though, which I can't be mad at them for trying it. But... Correct. To me, this has always been a WWE problem, not a Roman Reigns problem, because no one asked them to unify the title. The biggest mm-hmm. match, what they could have done instead of them trying to unify the titles, knowing that they're just going to split them up anyway, was just to say, hey, let Bobby Lashley, let, let Roman Reigns screw over Bobby Lashley. I mean, excuse me, screw over uh, Brock Lesnar, Bobby Lashley wins. And then Bobby Lashley goes to WrestleMania and defends that WWE championship. Reigns puts his title on the line against Brock Lesnar since that was that they were never going away from Reigns and Brock ever, this year's WrestleMania. We both we all know not. that. We all know that. Let's <laughs> let's not be we're not stupid as fans. We I get it. Some people read the new news. You could just see it from the moment Brock showed up at SummerSlam last year. That was it, right? Yeah. Anyway, so this is where I put that onus on WWE. Should Raw have a top champion? Absolutely. Now, here's my thing, though. As much as I agree with you, I disagree with you, but it's more of me disagreeing with WWE because I agree Drew should have a moment. Now, I still think he had his moment at WrestleMania. I get it. It wasn't in front of fans. But he still had a great moment. Now, I think, honestly, and this is going to sound completely blasphemous, the moment I felt most slanted out of at WrestleMania 2020 was the Otis Manny Rose storyline. That was I remember oh, yeah. I remember being in the building at the Royal Rumble when Manny Rose went over the top rope and all of a sudden all you hear is people cheering. I look to my left. All you see is Otis on the ground. Like, how the hell did he get on the ground? And all you, it was a standing ovation. That was probably one of the biggest pops of the night. And I can only yeah. imagine that being it. And I think the reason why is because we knew Drew was Drew was so hot and being pushed at the time. I, was. That was the first, to me, I was like, okay, I felt, now, obviously, he might feel differently, but I, th- I do think it means, it will mean a lot more to him to win the title, one of the titles, at least. My only my only thing is, now, how do you get the WWE Championship off of Reigns? Because the title that he shouldn't be losing, in my opinion, Reigns, is the Universal. He's had that one for two straight years, not the WWE right. Championship. I do agree with you. Drew should definitely take the WWE title. I just don't know how you justify him then winning both titles and then getting one. I don't know how you do that. But I'm still split on that. I decided I'm not going to really do my predictions until the very end on Friday when I absolutely have to. Um, but <laughs> since you brought up this weekend, this is a huge weekend. We have All Out happening this weekend, which is the biggest pay-per-view of the year for uh, AEW. Which We also still have When Worlds Collide, which I think is a completely throwing together show just to try to yeah. take some spark out of AEW, which it's not going to do. Because uh, most most NXT fans and most fans in general, no disrespect, don't know who these NXT UK people are. I do. 
But I'm obsessed with wrestling, so I'm dumb enough to be sitting here watching Tyler Bate on NXT UK. Not dumb enough, but you get what I'm saying. Like I just, yeah. I find ways to watch it. But which pay per view are you looking forward to the most? I'm gonna watch both. Which one you look? Which one are you looking? I'm mean, to me personally, I'm still looking more forward to watching All Out. How what about you? Um, I'll do my best to watch um Worlds um NXT Worlds Collide. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly. Honestly, for me is um Castle of Cardiff, and especially like you said, this is um first this is the first ever Triple H pay per view show. Mm-hmm. Um, All Out, I'm not uh, it was, I don't have the same feeling as like last year. Last year, last year's All Out was ridiculous, but this year, um, I don't know, I don't know what's up. I think what happened, I think what happened was um most, I think the original plan. No matter of fact, I'll, I'll cut that. Um, I'll say that because it's like you see the cards. It's mm. it's it's pro wrestling. It's gonna be it's gonna be wonderful. Right. But it's just like for me, it's like okay, like what am I excited about? Mm. Like wh- what matches I'm really looking forward. Like what matches I'm really really looking forward to. The AEW Women's Title match. I was really I was really looking forward to it because I because like it was Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm. Right. And now Thunder Rosa stepped down through the injury. Now you have the fatal forward for the interim. I don't like the interims, but I'm not gonna go there. Um, now the only well, stop, stop. Why don't you like the interim? Why don't you like it? Because I just feel like why you need for me is like why you need the interims. Like vacate for me is like yo. Because for me, for me, like you, I I would like to hear from you. But for me, it's like vacate the title, Mm -hmm. come back, work your way up. Either you get the rematch or you work your way to the point that you earn the title shot and then you earn it from there. That interim is like you either it's either like the person holds it to like the real champion comes back and then he becomes champion again, the undisputed champion. Mm -hmm. Or they're like, you know what? This person has been doing well as champion. We're going to put the belt on that person. Hmm. So, my quick thoughts on that are, I actually have no feeling about it, believe it or not, because me being such a big boxing fan for many, many years, I never understood okay. the interim titles. I never understood them. I To this day, I still ask questions to other bo- boxing fans. Why is this person an interim champion again? What did they do? Like, I don't, I, to this day, I don't understand the method of it, and I don't understand... I, I assume, I've always assumed, my from a reference, me assuming once again... Because we try not to use too much logic on this show, which you brought, which which is unfortunate. Um, we I've always assumed that they made the interim titles to make the biggest matches possible and to make the fan say, "Wow, these two are champions. They must collide now so they can f- both fight." Right? right. In this instant, I know Tony Khan's a huge UFC fan. UFC makes the interim titles more. Um, logical because a lot of times they're trying to give the champ a reason to hey as long as you're not gonna be out for two years we can have an interim champion right right um i do feel like because we just i will say this i feel like because we just had the interim thing happen we did not need another one um but at the same time for me i can't complain about me as a fan wanting change and then getting this type of change even if i don't care for it it's such a nitpick to me because I have always, I, I, the one thing I've always actually always 
bickered about has been champions actually losing it, then coming back and not being in the mix. And even if Tony, even if Thunder Rose is going to come back just to lose, I'm okay with that, you know. But at the same time, because of what they just did with Punk last week, yeah, I'm more. I have. I don't mind it even more just because. It, it it broke through. I know some people are mad about last week. I'm not one of those people, for the record. I'm not either. Like whatever I, happened, happened. Like right, what can we do? right. And I, and I and I made me, for me personally, I went from saying to myself. And now, mind you, some of these AEW fans that are strictly AEW fans, I have always I have to remind myself, they they didn't watch me, John Moxley or Dean Ambrose and CM Punk matches in WWE. I've seen enough of these guys. I know that I know it's a different company. I know they do two different people now, but I've still seen these guys wrestle before. So I wasn't too keen on this main event. Like last year, to me, yeah. to me, for as big of a fan as I am of Christian Cage, to me that was the weak spot in the main event was Christian Cage versus Kenny Omega because because you, you knew who was gonna win. You know, so to me, it's it's Chicago, but it's to me this sets up more intrigue for me personally because I feel like I, we have to see Punk going heel at this point. Punk has to be going heel, which is going to be interesting. But to answer your question, I have no feeling of it just because I never have <laughs> understood it. But at the same time, I do understand people who don't like it. I really do. No, but you brought that UFC. Like I'm like, okay, I understand. I, I now I understand. Like it, it makes it makes more sense now. Right. So, since you said you were looking forward to Clash of the Castle more, I'm gonna tell you. To me, the match I'm actually looking forward to on Clash of the Castle is not the main event. The main event's gonna be whatever the main event is. It's gonna happen. I'm looking forward to the match between Walter and Sheamus. Oh yes. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. That is going to ahead, th- that is going to be a heck of a fight, and I'm looking forward to oh it. Oh my god! It's probably one of my top four matches. I'm looking for. I mean, believe it or not, I'm actually looking forward to seeing Tyler Bate versus Braun Breaker. Even though I that that outcome is going to be really easy to tell. Um, yeah. But Walter and Sheamus is going to be a fight. And I'm looking forward to it. But I'm still looking more forward to All Out. Just because, I don't know, man. I feel like this, I kind of wish WWE would do what, or what, what, not, what AEW does. Like, I remember I remember going to Supercard of Honor this year. I actually went to Dallas for Supercard of Honor. And I remember nice. Tony Khan came out. You could tell he wanted no part of being in Dallas. He wanted no right. part. Like, he came out, he talked to the fans. He said, hey, I appreciate you guys. Look forward to Dynamite, blah, blah, blah. And you could tell he wanted to get out of Dallas as soon as... I wish that WWE would just let AEW have their weekend the same way AEW wants nothing to do with their weekend. Like, I truly believe next year in Los Angeles, we're not going to see anything, any... or We're not going to see anything of AEW or anything that Tony Khan owns next WrestleMania weekend, which I'm okay with because there's so many other companies eating off that same weekend anyway. Yeah. So I kind of wish that they would just like separate, but you know what? It's fine. I can deal with a weekend of wrestling. I le- I legitimately by time I'm I'm gonna be at work when when uh, Clash of the Castle happens. So I'm gonna be watching live wrestling. I'm gonna be in heaven. I'm gonna be good. <laughs> you know, but it's one of those things where I kind of wish they would let have it. But as we wrap this whole thing up, we got it back into wrestling. You've been you've been into baseball. You're doing all these things. You have your own podcast. What? 
what type I, I wanted to talk to you about this what type of topics do you bring up do you bring up the, the, the daily stuff do you bring up just past stuff i have not had a chance to listen to it but and i wanted to actually just learn about it with my fan base because somebody we had on the show a long long time ago when i had a different iteration of this podcast he was on torches website with her friend and he, and he only did retro stuff which i thought was interesting because he told me the reason i thought it was interesting not because it was retro it was because he said he couldn't get into it but he couldn't let go of wrestling i said wow that's that's amazing to where you can't let go of it but you can't find yourself to watch the new stuff and it reminded me of a tech nine record where he said at the end of the record if you don't like the old stuff listen if you like the new stuff listen to the old stuff you like the old stuff listen to the new stuff and i was like wow people actually do that they legit can't let go of certain fandoms and they only stick with their era so what do you focus on in your podcast and what's the name of it all right, so my podcast is Henny Wrestling Podcast. Um, I usually, when I can, I usually either give predictions, which I'm going to do. Um, my my have to do like around Thursday or Friday. Give my predictions for the for the three um, pay per views that we're gonna have come this weekend. I also do my best as like, do my best like give my thoughts on on those on those shows. I also what I also been starting to do is um, every indie show that I go to, I give my I give my thoughts on each on each matches. Um, these kind of things, I got inspired. Um, I don't know if you heard this man. I got inspired by the name of Chisel Adonis. He's like a com- he's like a comedian in social media. I've heard him before. Um, he he's really big in football, and I seen him give predictions in like. And like when the week hits, I see him give his thoughts after, like, and, um, like post, like after after week one or week two, whatever the case may be. So I really got, I really got influence into that, and I also start to like give my thoughts on certain topics or certain things that's going on around or going around um the world of professional wrestling. So that's been my podcast um i actually thought i was going to be more consistent because I, I had actually I had something actually going on but um it but out of but it's been unfortunate during this um during the summer but um that has been my podcast is just giving predictions or giving my thoughts on like whether a pay-per-view or an indie show that um i, I went Okay, cool. So you guys, please check that. I'm actually going to put the link in the description as well. But before we go, this show is called I See Things a Little Differently. Everyone I brought on the show, it's been a number of different people. It hasn't been that many people, but we've had uh, the homie Jonathan Nestor on, ZYG. We've had Tanil Dashwood, Godfather, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Everyone let's see things, sees things differently. And a lot of times I have noticed that we think we see things the same as other people, but a lot of times it's, we really don't. We really do all see things a little differently. And even with you, like you, by you saying you're looking forward to Clash of the Castle right now, to me, that even surprised me a little bit. Cause I'm like, wow, this dude is such an indie fan as well. Like, and you wear your indie wrestling on your, on your sleeve for sure. It's like, that's very interesting. It shows you the faith that you, as you said earlier, you have in Triple H. So, Tell me one outcome this weekend of any show. You've already given us a Drew McIntyre take, so let's take that one out. Give me one outcome you expect this week that you feel is going to be, as the kids say, an unpopular opinion. 
I don't know if this would be popular. But I, this match is in my mind. Okay. The acclaim becoming AEW Tag Team Champions. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, I that's one of those that's one of those that's why I'm waiting until Thursday night, Friday to come up with my predictions because yeah. <laughs> I still believe Swerve and our glory have not had their time with those tag team championships. I do believe this was kind of just thrown together. So I believe, in my opinion, as of right now, this is Tuesday as we're recording this, I feel like this match was thrown together just to give the because the acclaim have had a hell of a year. They've gone from yes. really just being on dark to, to uh, Max Caster, as a matter of fact, was suspended for a little bit for make that Simone mm-hmm. thing, Faust comment, to them getting over with the fans. The fans love them. I don't know if it's their time. I think later this year it will be, for sure. But... I'm not sure yet about that, but I do feel like that is, as of right now, an unpopular opinion because I still feel like for as over as the acclaimed are, people still like Keith Lee and, and Swerve Scott. And I, st- and I still feel like people are not ready for them to give up those tag team titles. I don't think I am as a fan either, but I don't, I, 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 I'm with you on that one. So anyways, that is your show for this. For, that is your special show for this week. We have Henny Wrestling on. I'm going to put all the links in the description. Do you want to plug anything before we go? Alright, so my my social medias are um, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Um, I started I started a YouTube channel where I I post videos. The majority is like vlogs, like vlog trips, going to indie events. Um, if the promotion does allow me to like, you know, record and edit um and edit for for myself so the others can watch it as well um all you guys can follow me on anchor that's a that's a podcast platform um that's where i that's where i usually do my podcast and yeah thanks for having me no doubt man i appreciate you coming on this is a special prediction slash interview with Henny Wrestling. Um, I got a lot of interesting takes. I'm, this is actually made me a little more hype going into the pay-per-views this weekend. So I'm Soul Chemical. That's Henny Wrestling. And we are out. <laughs>